the first day I started training, I was like, holy shit, I have to run a marathon after I do a two and a half mile run and a 120 mile bike ride. What? And so I gassed myself out the first day and I kind of felt down because I was like, oh my gosh, that's going to be so hard. And the next day I'm like, dude, meet yourself where you're at, except that you're nowhere close to that, but show up every day and you will get from A to M or A to Z. Welcome to the Rising Leader Podcast, bringing forth the new wave of rising leadership and helping leaders find purpose, connection, and results. This is your host, founder of Alluviance, Alex Kremer. Welcome, everybody, to the Rising Leader Podcast. I am excited about this conversation. This is a good one here because Andrew and I have known each other for, you know, just looking at the years. It's been, I think, seven years that we've known each other in different types of capacities. Wow. Really? I want to give a good background to our listeners on who you are. Besides being a longtime friend, knowing you for the past seven-ish years, we met initially at Outreach when it was a very small startup. You joined even before I did. And while you were there, Andrew, you were in product, you were in customer success, you were a solution consultant, you were an account executive, you're a growth account executive. The better question is not what did you do there, it's what did you not do? while you're outreach. <laughs> and I love that. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's cool to have witnessed your path too, right? You're the founder of Brand30, which has helped thousands of professionals from across the entire world, including myself, better develop their brand, master how to develop content for LinkedIn other ways. And beyond that, you're in the process of building the next unicorn within the sales (laughs) and the marketing world, which I love that. Just like brand that there. I'm excited to maybe dive into that here, just around how to disperse content creation, not to just be within marketing sales, but across the entire company. And I love what you're saying of content-led growth. I think that is like just classic you being a visionary. And on a personal note, you just had a kid eight months ago. I'm Iron Man. And I think it was pretty recent, but you live down in Austin and you and myself went out to dinner, had some delicious barbecue with your wife, Annie. It was crushed, man. It was wonderful. You made my mouth water. Not because all the amazing things you just said about me, which I sound way cooler when you say (laughs) it than I really am, y'all. But because I just imagined that beef rib and that amazing mac and cheese that we had at Terry Black's, which by far is the best barbecue in Austin, Texas, for those that are curious. So Terry Black's, Franklin's, eh, good, but nothing like Terry Black's. And I'm going to have people coming after me, canceling me because of saying that, but it's all good. Not the first time. But what I did is I see you have a mic and I also was like, yo, we're doing mics. Like if we're getting that serious, I had to pull mine up. So got the mic. Hopefully it sounds better and or pretty good. And I'm not like totally muted talking to myself. You're looking fresh, man. There's something about having a mic and for all of the listeners, I would highly suggest getting a podcast mic, even if you are not a podcaster, especially if you're in sales or if you're in leadership, it just adds a certain tonality to your voice. And also when you have a mic that's right next to you, you're like, I'm professional as shit here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're like, honestly, yeah. You feel more legit. And like, if you're doing video stuff, when you have a mic, people are like, you should listen to this guy or gal. Let's go back to what you were saying. I think it was funny. It's like, what did I not do at outreach? Which is people think I'm a psycho because they're like, dude, you wanted to do all these different things. 
And why did you, did you just stick in one place or another place? And you know, what's funny. I actually sat next to Manny when I first CEO of Outreach, when I first joined. And I remember telling him like, I'm going to do everything I can at this company. And so just, I'm going to let you know straight right now. And this was like the first month I was there, you know, going into it, I just knew I do have ADHD in the sense of I do have it. So I like learning. I like learning quickly. And then you know, I get bored easily. So once I kind of figure something out, I'm like, all right, what's next? And so, you know, that kind of contributed to that, along with knowing that I wanted to build a unicorn myself, as you mentioned, right? And in doing that, I needed to know all the pieces or all the Legos that come together to build something great. And I had that opportunity. So why not do it? Right. And so how did I come up with this? I still have a mentor who was friends with Dick Costello, who was the one of the XEO of Twitter, actually, like a while ago. You know, my mentor's name is Matt Shope, and I worked with him back in the day. And I told him, I was like, or I asked him, I was like, you know, what did Dick Costello teach you that has always like stuck with you? Because your buddies, you started a company with them before he was at Twitter and they sold it to Google. Except anyways, they're badasses, right? That's the moral. But I asked him, like, what did he teach you that's always stuck with you? And he's like, he taught me that great leaders are like a T-shape. And I go, okay, what's that mean? He's like, they're extremely good at one thing and above average at a lot of other things, right? And I said, holy shit. And how mind mind works as a superpower, kind of like wanting to be all over the place, like hyperactive, like wanting just super eager to learn. How do I do that? And so that's the approach. This was before outreach. So that was kind of something that stuck with me and was like, okay, amazing. I'm going to be good at this one thing. Then I'm going to be above average at everything else. So going into outreach, I was like, I'm going to learn these things. I'm going to get good at them. I'm going to be a top performer in all of them, but I'm still going to stick to what I love to do best and what I'm best at, which is actually building product, believe it or not building new products, right? That was really my goal. Really, I still believe that till this day. It's pretty impressive. I mean, to see your background. I mean, for me personally, like I focused primarily within the sales world, right? I was an account executive ever until I became a sales manager and I worked my way up through different types of sales leadership capacities. And, you know, now I'm founder of Alluvians and doing yeah, that whole yeah. game. But my specific focus was always on sales. So take me back to when you initially started when even maybe at outreach before outreach did you always know that you wanted to be a founder that you wanted to start a company that you wanted to do what you're doing i mean you're already today impacting thousands of people you already have impacted thousands yeah. of people with your product with brand 30 and you're just doing that at another level where did yeah. all of this come from i guess you can say oh, no that's a great question i'll give you the real breakdown which very grateful for how I grew up. So it was nurture, right? It wasn't nature. It was just nurture, how I was nurtured. And the way I was nurtured is I grew up in the projects of Los Angeles to a single mom that came, immigrated to the US from Mexico. So in that, I grew up in a place, you know, that was very diverse. I grew up in a Mexican culture, but I looked light skinned and I was the only white looking kid in my neighborhood. I was the odd person out, right? And in doing that, to get out of that situation, I had a single mom. And so she did is, you know, she lost her job eventually because I had an asthma attack. I was in the hospital. She couldn't keep her job when I was a kid. And she said, fuck this. I'm tired of this. I'm going to go start my own business. I have all the contacts. I can do this on my own. And I happened to be at an x-ray lab, right? She was just an x-ray tech. So she goes, she starts an x-ray lab, her own. And at a necessity, she would wake up at three in the morning, go to the office. I'd sleep on her couch in the waiting room of her new x-ray lab until, you know, 7 a.m. hit when she'd take me to school. I come back and I was actually her receptionist 
And I would literally answer the phone before I hit puberty. I would answer the phones. And like, that was the running joke that like my mom had her son who hadn't even hit puberty working, you know? So I think that instilled in me, I've always been doing sales per se, right? Like I've always been doing that. That's just kind of all I know. I would help her do that. I've kind of seen what, saw what she had to do in order to make it for herself, provide for me, put food on the table. And then through that, I started my first little business, which was we'd go to Costco and I'd buy cases of soda and I'd sell them to dentist offices believe it or not. Like you would never think that would work, right? It's like so nice to Eskimos. I'd sell a bunch of soda, Coca-Cola to dentist offices and they'd eat it up. And I would actually like make it good money on it at like 11 or 12 years old. So I always had that kind of knack. And then from that, that's one thing that I would say in the way I was nurtured. The other thing is like, I grew up kind of experiencing problems and always wanting to fix them. Right. And so I'll give you an example. Like I grew up also skateboarding in our little town outside of LA we would get tickets from the police at like 12 years old or 13 or 14 years old. And I'd get like, I'd have to come home and be like, mom, I got a freaking ticket. She was like, what the, just for skateboarding. And one day I got my friends together at 14 and I had hit puberty at this point, by the way. And I said, you know what? Fuck this. We need our own skate park in the city. Cause we didn't even have a skate park. So we had to skate around the city and there was no skate park. So it's like, you're going to give us tickets. What are we supposed to do? Like, this is what we like to do. And so I got my friends together and we actually started a nonprofit, you know, 14, got together, got the city rallying around us, you know, front page of the newspaper, the sun or whatever. And we started an organization, raised like a couple hundred thousand dollars to build a skate park for the city right at 14 years old. So I was like, we're going to solve this and we're going to get it. It took a lot longer than expected, but now the city has a skate park that we essentially were the catalyst for that. And you're at Catalyst working. <laughs> but yeah, we were the catalyst for that. So yeah, like going back, I've just always had the knack for like seeing a problem and being very passionate about being like, this needs to get solved. I just want to help solve it. That's really where it stems from. And yes, I like money, of course. You know, there's the saying of like, money doesn't make you happy, but it's a different situation. If you've ever been in a situation living paycheck to paycheck, like it actually does make you happy. <laughs> if you've ever lived in a situation like that, it's definitely very helpful to a certain extent, I would say, of course. But yeah, man, that's kind of my background where I come from. So going back to outreach, why I joined there is I saw a problem before that I'd been living in South America with my best friend, Armand, my Colomando. And I study electrical engineering, computer engineering. And there's this problem of communities I noticed couldn't get solar power. I engineered this new way to basically create smaller solar systems and implement them in impoverished communities, right? Or communities that didn't have any electricity. So we were going to do this in Chile because I was like, dude, why can't people have power? We need to get that done. In doing that, I was trying to sell to the government to keep the lights on. I was selling commercial solar stuff to big buildings in Chile in a different language, right? Luckily, I speak Spanish, but a different, completely different culture. And it was fun. But what I noticed in that process was this sales process, like how sales is done sucks. You copy and print a bunch of emails that needs to be automated. This could be done way better. So long story short, I came back from Chile and I was like, a friend told me, hey, these guys, I told them about the problem. I was like, I want to solve this. And they were like, hey, there's this company named Outreach that's doing exactly that. So I hit up Andrew Kinzer, one of the founders, and he was like, yeah, let's chat. And then from there, I was it. So it's always been problem-centric kind of my life. One of the things I think you do that many people cannot, or at least many people say, wow, that's a very big thing to take on. Just like, you know, whether it's making the skate park, whether it's being down in South America, whether it's starting your stealth startup right now, going from the zero to one stage. I love what you said. You have always been passionate about it. 
And that's been the fire. That's been the drive that's actually inspired you to take on that next step. But, you know, this podcast is called the Rising Leader Podcast. And you have had to be a leader as you've done whatever it is that you've done, whether it be in a one-man type of show or whether it's been within a larger company. How do you go from that zero to one and then take it beyond stage, right? Because like, it's crazy. With you, I'm seeing you posting stuff consistently online. I'm consistently getting marketing emails from you. I'm consistently seeing new work workbooks or workshops that you are doing. I'm consistently seeing you putting out different types of products, whether it be with Mark Kosigla, whether it be with other people. It's like you can take something across the entire stage. What have you learned in that process? Do you now have a framework even that you deploy and say, oh, I want to get this done. Here's my playbook. Yeah, that's a great question. And I love starting stuff. Like I'll start there. I love the process. So that's my hobby. When people ask, what's your hobby? I'm like starting new things or like building something new. I love that. Like I've learned to love it. I've always been a builder. It stems from curiosity. But if I had a framework for it, I would say like someone came up with this. I can't take credit for this, but I will say this is kind of how I've molded it into my own life. It's called like the ABZ framework, right? Not ABC, ABZ. I like to think, all right, I'm here, which is I have nothing. Sam's starting something new. I have nothing. What's Z? And point Z is like, it's successful. You're seeing marketing emails. We're making sales and we're doing all that. And a lot of people want to say, I want to go from A to Z in the fastest way possible. And then what happens is they get let down because they're like, oh my God, there's a lot in between to get to A to Z. So for me, what I focus is I just focus on how do I go from A to B? That's it. How do I do the first? What's the most important one thing I need to do that's going to basically take this from what's the 20% I need to do to get 80% of the results? And I focus on that one thing. That is it because that one thing typically is something that's not that difficult to do. And then when you go from A to B, And you get to B, you're like, okay, what's B to C now? And so it's almost like this Lego process. And that's the way I think about it. Because if you go and you're like, oh, I need to get to Z instantly. And you're like, holy shit, it seems so far away. That's because it is, right? And so people get discouraged. Going back to your consistency thing, I think my A to B for like this new thing I started with Mark Costigal Digital Sales Collective was, okay, let's put together the first course. I know how to do that. That's what I know how to do, right? Like, let's get you recording stuff on slides. That's not that hard to do. Okay, you can do that, Mark. What's B2C? I need to create a website for that to host it and take payments. Okay, boom, let's do that. Now that we have that, how do we get people coming back to buy this course? We need to get in front of them a lot because they don't just buy on the first time. So let's create a newsletter where we give value every single day. We know how to do that. That's easy. Okay, boom, let's do that. I think of it like that in pieces versus all this crazy shit that has to get done. And oh my God, I got to do this, that, that, that. Focus on one thing at a time. What's the next thing? And then once you get that down, once you get it consistent, then you move on from going to C to D, D to E, E to F, right? People think you have to do it all in one. You don't. And if you do, you're going to get discouraged. So that is literally it. It's like I had an Ironman coach. And he said, every time I'd show up to a hard workout on a Saturday and I'd start, I had a watch, right? Apple watch. So he knows when I start my workouts. Yeah, that's crazy. Like major accountability. And he would text me and say, congratulations, you showed up today. That's the hardest part. Amazing. And that's the showing up part is the A to B. 
as cliche as it is, it's like, what's the first thing to do? I show up in Ironman training. That's it. That's the first thing. When you want to go on a run in the morning, no one wants to start running in the morning. If you do, you're lying to yourself or everyone else. But once you get five minutes into that run, you start to love it, right? You're starting to say, this isn't so bad. This episode is brought to you by Alluvians. Alluvians is helping sales professionals and sales leaders master the craft of sales by transforming the inner game. Last year, we threw over four retreats and helped over 150 tech sales professionals, leaders, and founders. And next, we got it going on May 3rd through 5th in the beautiful Austin, Texas area. So make sure you apply to alluvians.co to check it out for more. And really, you're like, this isn't that bad. I'm just putting one foot in front of the other. The hardest part was getting the habit of starting to do the run, putting on yes. the shoes, putting on that. So that is essentially kind of how I think about this stuff. What you're speaking to right there, which I really resonate with, is the momentum of it. Like I just yeah. you know, ran the New York Marathon and I trained for about four, maybe five months and had a very specific process. I had an app that told me how much to run every single day. And when I initially started, I've always run, but I hadn't run at that capacity. And initially when I started running in eight miles, nine miles, 10 miles, I was like, these are getting long. And then about a month and a half in, I'd have a long run coming up on the weekend. And it was like, let's say a 13 miler. All of a sudden I had trained myself to be like, oh, I've been liking these. Like I'm looking forward to them all of a sudden. And I don't even know when that actually switched. Like when the flip happened where me saying like, oh man, I got a big long run to now, oh man, I'm starting to like feel good on my runs. But actually eight miles, I'm like, oh, I've got this vibe going. I've got this pace going. I can't wait to keep going. And I think that's what you're speaking to is like, once you go from A to B and then B to C and then C to D, all of a sudden you're at like G, like we've been coming from a very long way. And now I cannot wait to get to that next step. And it's that momentum, that push that you flipped in yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's that quote, like people underestimate what they can do in a year, but overestimate what they can do like in a day or whatever, right? It's true. And it's like the thing I also really came up with in training for Ironmans and just like mental toughness is like, you have to meet yourself where you are at. You know how we say meet people where they're at? Well, you have to learn to meet yourself where you are at. So I was 30 pounds overweight back in May. I was having a baby soon. And I was like, I don't want to be overweight for like my son. Like I want to be the best dad and human being and show and be just the fittest and be a good example for my son. I was like, I'm going to sign up for one of the hardest things you can do, which is an Ironman. And I have four months to train. Well, guess what? The first day I started training, I was like, holy shit, I have to run a marathon after I do a two and a half mile run and a 120 mile bike ride. What? And so I gassed myself out the first day and I kind of felt down because I was like, oh my gosh, that's going to be so hard. And the next day I'm like, dude, meet yourself where you're at, except that you're nowhere close to that. But show up every day and you will get from A to M or A to Z, right? That point. But focus on going back to this, focus on getting just to A to B today, right? Which was running five miles and accepting that's where you're at today, right? And meeting yourself where you're at. And it's a mindset thing, right? And so I think that as well has been kind of helpful to push through all this, going back to just thinking, what's the next step, right? I love that, man. I love that so much. So. You're now on, I don't know how many companies or products <laughs> you have done this A to B to Z storyline a few times yeah. and are continually 
iterating on it. Yeah. You know, you're starting this company here again. And I guess I want to know is like why that you are doing all of this. You could easily do something that makes you a shit ton of money, but you have a very unique flavor, which comes with content, which comes with creativity, which it's fun. One of the things I love about you is you are completely authentic and vulnerable in every video or content. It's like, man, that sounds a lot like Andrew Muir because that's truly who Andrew is. And you're helping others do that. So I guess as you're doing all these projects, is there a why or like a guiding light that you are trying to be working towards? They say, this is what I'm trying to do with my life. Yeah. My why is stems from where I started, right? Like growing up in the projects, I never want to be poor again. <laughs> like that's my why. And it's my why just because that's it. I don't want to ever be poor again. I want to start something great and I want to be able to kind of cheesy as this is going to sound, I want to build a great company that people are stoked to come by every day that pushes the limits of what people think a great company is. And that's my goal, right? And so in doing that, we don't need to be the sexiest unicorn and I don't need to be on the Forbes 40 under 40. I don't need to do any of that. But what I do want is I want to build something where people can come to every day and be like, this was started from scratch. And I love showing up to this every day. And so that's really my why. And then, of course, along with that, I think it's going to come with a lot of money. Like, yes, I want to make a lot of money. With a lot of money comes leverage. Not leverage. I'm not into Lamborghinis. I'm not into nice car. I drive a Volkswagen Tiguan, man, and my wife and I share a car. That's not why I want the money. I want the money for leverage. So when I see a problem I want to solve, I can do it. And I don't have any reason or setback that I cannot, right? And so right now, if I see a problem that takes a shit ton of capital, I can't do that because I don't have the capital at my disposal. But I'm trying to get to that point where if I see a problem, I can go conquer it, right? That I'm passionate about. And that's why I want to get build something great to get the leverage to be able to continue on this journey of like seeing fixing things that I think need fixing. And that's my journey. So you know, I think in every, you know, you mentioned you have a lot of things going on. Yes. I won't start anything unless it adds to my flywheel. And what's the flywheel? My flywheel is essentially guiding this new company I'm starting, which is distribute, right? Everything, the newsletter, so I can print emails so that I can push people to distribute when it's out. Brand 30 is going to be for helping the Brand 30 community. Digital Sales Collective is basically helping sellers become better sellers, founders become better founders, et cetera. This product's going to help all of them. So all of this is part of the flywheel, right? And so, for example, I want my mom to do a Mexican cooking show on YouTube because I think she'd fucking crush it because she makes the best Mexican food around. Like, no question, ins, ifs, ands, buts, whatever. But I'm not going to really do that right now and help her do that yet because it doesn't add to the current flywheel, right? Of distribute. So I have a lot of things I go want to go do, but I say no to a lot of ideas. I know I can start and I know I can crush it because I need to stay focused. It seems like I might be unfocused, which some of these kind of take me off track in a way, but long-term they're going to add to the flywheel of distribute. That's for people that are starting new things. I'm all about focus on one thing and do it right versus focus 10 things and half-ass them. But if these things you're focused on is all adding that one flywheel, then great. That's why you see some of these people that are 
killer like elon elon musk is a huge anomaly obviously but like some of these people that invest money in startups but also work at a startup that also do things on the side right like they're all doing this stuff you're doing this podcast you're working at catalyst to fund your way of building out alluvian so as long as it adds to the flywheel it's okay is the way i think about it well i think it's powerful because you know you said it well of it gives you the power to say no yeah. I even compare it to when we were at Outreach. So just a little background too. When I was an account executive, Andrew was a solution consultant. And so we would work on deals together. Actually, my first deal I closed at Outreach was because Andrew Mewborn was my solution consultant and fully crushed that deal for me. But I still remember I relate it even to how you give a demo, right? When you are yeah. showing the demonstration of a platform, like I could show you, look at this cool thing. How about this thing? What about this? And if they don't all add up and they're just like random cool parts of your platform, it comes across as confusing. It comes across like, what's the story? What are you actually trying to get me to drive towards? But if you have a demo and you say like, here's the three themes that we're trying to do here to solve this key problem right here. And throughout the demo, I'm going to have a storyline that's consistently driving through those three themes to the goal there. It makes it way more comprehensible. It makes it way more digestible. So when I think of you, I think of what you're doing in all your different things. I know it's all going towards that one thing, which is being extremely passionate about distributing content and helping people find their voice within it. That's just what your brand is. Whether it's on a podcast, on brand 30, your startup, whatever it is, it's always been about that for you. You know, I don't think many people have that. And I'm assuming you've done a lot of work on yourself to get to that point of being clear there. But I just think I aspire and I respect that with you. And I think a lot of listeners hear this too. Like it's all going towards this thing, not just doing Mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. And I do have to battle with it sometimes, man. Like it's hard. Like you have to, the game I'm playing, the game you're playing, the game a lot of that are starting something new, playing a game of there's a few mind games you're playing. And the biggest one that you're playing is you questioning, is this going to work? And I question myself that every day. Like we all do. Like on the outside, externally, I may seem like, oh, like he just knows what he's doing. I still have no goddamn clue. I'm just going from A to B, dude, every day. Like that's Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to take what I know. And I'm trying to learn a little bit, add that little cherry on top with the new knowledge. Like, yeah, I'm always battling that. And you know, like some days it really gets me. Some days I feel like shit, I suck. This post didn't do well, or like I could have did more today or whatever, you know? I think we all get that stuff and everyone's going to get those emotions. Like that's because you're human. Congratulations. Like you're going to get those emotions. It's okay. I don't meditate, but like I run and exercise a shit ton, which I'm pretty much in a meditative state. I would say a lot of the time you have to sit there and acknowledge those emotions rather than look at them and say, Hey, you know, I'm sad. So I'm just going to, Oh fuck. You know, this sucks. Whatever it's say, Hey, you're feeling sad. Maybe why are you feeling sad right now? And like question yourself on why that may be. And I've had to do that a lot and realize like, actually, it's not that bad because guess what? In 50 years when I'm dead, is this thing that I'm sad or anxious about really going to matter? Fuck no, it's not. Why am I worried about it now? And I keep going back to that, right? And I'm like, it's not going to matter. So if that's the case, then don't worry about it now. And most of the time, it's the narrative in the head that we make up is worse than the actual situation right? It always is. I promise you, like, you know, I made some mistakes and like, I made some content the other day and this was a mistake and and I forgot to give credit, right? Or I didn't give credit where it was due. And that was my mistake. And I owned it. And guess what? In my head, I was like, shit, the fuck? I'm dumb. Like, why did I do that? And then, you know what? I sent an apology out and like, no one cared. 
like it really didn't matter. It's like stuff happens when you're moving fast and like whatever. But just another example. But you have to go through some of this stuff to get there, right? Because a lot of gurus will give you advice and it's hard to take the advice and just implement it. But what you have to do is you have to go sometimes go through the pain cave, you know? <laughs> you have to hit the pain cave to get over it. Like that's just sorry, you know? I love that, man. I love that. The pain cave too is so true. It's like you have to go through the fire. If you're trying to bring a good fire down to this earth, you got to first burn in the fire yourself. And I just love it, man. You got a phenomenal journey that I've been inspired by and many other people are inspired by. And yeah, man, I just want to appreciate you. I know we're just about at our time slot here. I just want to say, dude, keep on spreading the good word. Keep on being your true and authentic self. And I guess, you know, for all those who are listening, who are like, dude, I got to follow this guy. I want to get a hold of him. Just LinkedIn, hit me up, Andrew Mubar, hit me up there. Yeah. And if I don't respond because the DMs there are crazy and like I'm an inbox zero guy, so I forget to get back to hit me up, Andrew at digitalsalescollective.com. So Alex, I appreciate you, man. You've asked some great questions. Like people ask me a question, I'm gonna be honest with them. So you asked some good questions to get me really expressing a lot of stuff that I think and feel and all that. So I'm proud of you, man. You did a great job as a host. Appreciate you. And to all our listeners, thank you once again for joining the Rising Leader Podcast, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Rising Leader Podcast. Make sure you hit that follow button so you get notified every time a new episode releases. If you know someone who wants to take their lives and their career to the next level, send them this episode so we can all rise together. For more information, check out alluviance.co. We'll see you next time. And in the meantime, keep letting it flow. This episode is brought to you by Alluviance. Alluviance is helping sales professionals, sales leaders, and founders master the craft of sales by transforming the inner game. In the past 12 months, we've thrown four retreats and impacted over 100 tech sales leaders, founders on not just getting better at the craft, but really working on the inner game, gaining clarity on their vision, and also overcoming what's holding them back. The best part is you'll be doing it in an incredible community of high performers who are also trying to do the exact same thing. Our next immersion is going to be this May 3rd through 5th in the beautiful Austin, Texas. And make sure you check out alluviance.co to apply there. Can't wait to see ya.